Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright around your virgin mother and child, holy. Infant so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. I don't know, of all the songs sung at Christmas, I think this one has more of the meaning of Christmas than any of them. Like Luke said, Dayspring from on high hath visited us. Hallelujah. The birth of a little child. The Christian world at this season celebrates, commemorates, rejoices. Oh, it's just wonderful to think about what's happened during this season. Christmas Day is a holy day a happy day, a celebration of the coming of God's Son into the world, the incarnation of God by way of the virgin birth. I don't think there's any other doctrine more demanding than this one, that Christ came in the flesh. And so we sing it happily. We talk about it. We Praise God for it. Christmas is really found in that verse in John chapter 1, verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You know, while the coming of the day spring from on high Morning broke upon the world's darkness in Bethlehem. While men and women bruised and bleeding were in a darkness unlighted by flickering philosophy, traditions that were of no avail, there was a child born, as, as the prophet Isaiah predicted. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And that prophecy points us to the time when God's Son assumed our nature, became human like us, entering the world in circumstances of the deepest humiliation. And with every detail of the Christmas story, we are familiar. There was Bethlehem, small and white upon its mountain slopes, where heaven put out its brightest star. And then there was the orders of the emperor, the star seen in faraway Persia by wise men of the east who were accustomed to studying the heavens and who mounted their camels and journeyed westward over the desert to Jerusalem. And then there the lowly angels, the shepherds, the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, the gifts from the wise men of gold and frankincense and myrrh. All these beautiful details of a wonderful story of salvation coming to earth in the person of a man.
the Word made flesh. So what is the meaning, we ask, of Christmas to the world? Well, as I said, Christmas is the celebration of the advent of Christ into the world by human birth. Nobody should believe that Christmas marks the beginning of Christ because the son who rested on the bosom and fed at the breast of the Virgin Mary for a little while had before this world was rested on the bosom of the Father. Before the foundation of the world, a lamb was slain. Before the world was spoken, God would be ready to send forth his son made of a woman. Jesus had glory with God before the world was. Jesus himself, if you remember in the 17th chapter of John, says, Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. So what is this incarnation? Well, literally, it's the enfleshment. God assumed a living bodily form. The power of the highest overshadowed Mary and through the power of the Holy Spirit that body was formed within her, a body that partook of, of neither sin of man nor sin of woman. That body was the body of God. And the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 3 that without controversy great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. And then again Paul wrote in Romans 8, For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemns sin in the flesh. And then Peter announces that... Uh, he, Christ, who has once suffered for sins and who was put to death in the flesh. So we're talking about God becoming flesh. Enfleshment in Christ means that the pre-existent Christ was embodied in human flesh, demonstrated in human light, exemplified in human action, and crystallized in human form. The child Jesus was the Savior Thank you, Lord. And there was no restrictions of essence or suppression of functions. He, all of God, dwelt in him, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Oh, this is indeed a mystery, my friend. Understood not through human cognizance, but through spiritual revelation. Christ was God manifest in the flesh, and his every muscle was a pulley divinely swung his every nerve, divine handwriting, his every bone, divine sculpture. Christ, who shares the plurality of deity expressed in the story of creation, was made flesh, and he was made of a woman. Can you say amen to that today, church? Can you rejoice in that today? There in that lowly manger, amen, was the living God. How wonderful for us that the Lord of glory was so humbled at a base for us. Glory to God. Lying in that manger, thinking of Christ, stripping himself of his robes, he sees eternal robes and his eternal rolls of glory. Amen. 
It's as if the sun had been turned into a wandering atom. If the most glorious angel in heaven had changed into a fly, it had been nothing to the abasement of the glory of God. Imagine God coming down as a simple cell in the womb of a virgin. He was born as the very poorest are born, without attendance. He was the one through whom God worked and works his sublimities without display. And there at the manger, you hear the voices of heaven's singers. There at the manger, you see the Christ who came down from the heights of deity to the depths of humanity. He came down from heaven's honors to earth's humiliation. He came down from heaven's coronation to earth's curses. He came down from heaven's delights to earth's defamations. Down from the glory place to the gory place. Down from heaven's riches to earth's poverty. And now we understand the apostles' words. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. So Christmas means something absolutely remarkable. The lowly birthplace of Jesus was marked by a star. Do you remember that? And when they heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy, because that star marked the house to which the wise men from the east came, testifying that the fullness of time had come, that the prophecies were accomplished, that he who had a name as ointment poured forth, had come with a coming that stirred heaven and earth, the sea and dry land. No other child did the heavens assume a new star, for no other child did wise men come from the east to worship him. For no other child did angels descend from glory, for no other child did heaven and earth bear witness, being marked by prophecy and a star. Think of this, my dearest friends the glory of what we're talking about today. I mean that Christ coming into the world by virgin wounds, small enough to be held in a woman's two hands and weak enough to feed at the woman's breast, cradled in the manger, has Christianized the calendar of the world. This Jesus whom neither calendars nor clocks nor contemporary historians took note of has bent the date lines of all nations around his lowly cradle. Today, as through all the days of all the years the world over, the dates on newspapers printed, the dates on checks drawn, the dates on deeds recorded, the dates on money coined or spent, the dates on cornerstones placed, the dates on monuments erected, the dates on documents filed, the dates on letters written do testify. It all starts with his birth, time, modern time. Oh, my friend, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Can you hear the music? And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told to them. I think about that in my mind as the sun went down in the western sea that day 
And as the stars came out and the Messiah's stars shone so bright, and the temple shepherds watched their flocks by night in the midst of that starlit silence, appeared a glory and a voice. The Bible says, And there were in that same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Today is born unto us a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. I can hope today that you can draw a deep breath and extol a great shout because we have victory in Jesus. Because on that silent night a child was born, a son was given, a Savior came. Father God, thank you, Lord, for Lord Jesus. Thank you for him. Thank you for this time of celebration and commemoration and rejoicing in this great and marvelous truth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the day. Thank you for the hour. Thank you for this moment. For we have so much to celebrate. I hope you're celebrating this season I hope you're giving your heart forth because this is such an exciting story, such an exciting moment. And it never changes. It's only renewed every morning, the joy of it. So I pray you'll share my thoughts with others, share this opportunity with others, and come back and see me tomorrow, God willing. And we'll discuss even more of this great story of our beautiful Savior. Somebody shout amen.